Hi, this is Beth Capici and welcome to the Never Perfect Podcast. I'm a psychologist and I believe that embracing the fact that no aspect of life is perfect actually makes us happier and healthier and motivates us to achieve more. It also helps us become more real and compassionate with ourselves and others. In my counseling office, I deal with a little bit of everything. So in this podcast, you'll also probably be hearing a little bit of everything. Not only professional advice, but also some of my favorite and least favorite personal stories. I'm also going to be interviewing people who are brave enough to share their stories with us. I believe that everyone has a lot to teach and a lot to learn no matter what their background is and in spite of their imperfections. You don't have to be perfect to be inspiring. Episode on dating. I have my friend Erin Rayburn here again. She was here for the Body Positivity podcast a couple of months ago, and I love having her here for lots of reasons. Um, so thank you for being here, Erin. Well, thanks for having me back. It's You're great. such a great sport. Well, thank you. <laughs> She's really good. She's been over here and willing to put up with technological problems. And she's been here after a move and she's been very patient and an amazing sport. And for those of you who didn't hear the body positivity podcast, I'll tell you that Erin is my friend and a local therapist, and she specializes in several topics Uh, works with a lot of teens as well as adults, and she does equine-assisted psychotherapy with clients and lots of work with horses for those who don't know what equine means. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, she's just been such a a great sport with loving to have dialogues and discussions about topics, and she's just been very patient with me and um, my technological issues even today. So, um, we both love, we joked last time we can talk a topic to death Mm -hmm. and we could go on and on, but we're going to try to keep this less than like maybe 45 minutes. We're going to (laughs) try. We're going to (laughs) try. We might edit out a few minutes if we have to, but, um, so yeah, we're going to have a fun discussion about dating. Yes, we are. You say I'm a good sport, but really I just like to chat with you. Oh, so. <laughs> it's true. Well, it's true. I love your company and mm-hmm. I love your spirit of spontaneity. And, and, you know, one thing that Aaron really exudes or, um, epitomizes is, you know, being willing to use your gifts to help people mm-hmm. and they don't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. The dialogue doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be super zipped up and prepared. And she's always willing to wing it. And she does an amazing job. Oh, well, you're sweet. It's it's easy when it's, you know, sitting here on these great couches and being fed good food and maybe a little wine and (laughs) obviously great company. It's, it's not hard. We're having fun. I'm not being tortured. I don't hate it. (laughs) Well, I think it's great. And I, I really hope that more people will think that way and say, I have a lot to offer. It doesn't have to be perfect. That can be Mm -hmm. so paralyzing for people. Mm -hmm. 
if I tried to make all of these podcasts really zipped up and all inclusive and thorough and comprehensive, I would never do it. Mm -hmm. It would take me forever. And I might get like five episodes done a year. Yeah. So I just give myself permission to say, you know what? I can have a conversation on a topic and offer someone a few thoughts on the top of my head, off the top of my head, and they will be helpful. Yeah. And it's worth something. Yeah. And I feel like you have kind of a similar philosophy by the way I've seen you live. Oh, I appreciate that. I think that's very true. I think like, I don't know, it's older I get. It's the more that I think we are just winging it. You want to know what your values are and try to live by that. But at the same time, there is no perfection, which is why I like what you're offering with this podcast and so willing to be a part. Because I think anyone can take something from it and trust that Mm -hmm. what you're doing and being a part of it is giving back in some way and so, yeah, we all need to kind of recognize what our strong points are and say, you know, I have something to offer the world. I have something to offer people. It doesn't have to be perfect. No. It it can be a mini step process that evolves over time. It doesn't have to be all inclusive this first time you talk. And that's actually probably a really good way to start this conversation because depending on your age, um, you know, the listeners, we may have teenagers or, you know, young adults listening, or we may have parents listening who mm-hmm. want to try to get these kinds of conversations started with their, their teens and young adults and right. putting so much pressure on a conversation. I bet you can relate to this. I mean, I'll have people write letters to mm-hmm. work through issues with loved ones, whether they're living right. or deceased. And there's so much pressure of like, I have to have the perfect conversation and cover everything and, and they put it off forever because they're mm-hmm. trying to make it sort of the, the <clears throat> capture the essence of every issue right. and be completely thorough. And I think just really starting the ball rolling is a yeah. really good way to look at it. That's exactly what I was thinking. Just getting started, just get started. And it's yeah. amazing what will come from just taking that first step and then just taking the next best step. Yes. So it's all about process, not about, you know, a finished product necessarily. And mm-hmm. we can switch our focus to that it being the process. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing what can happen, the healing that can come for our clients and also what we can create in the process like we're doing tonight. Yes. So, yeah. so hopefully our listeners can model this and say, let me talk about this with people that I love mm-hmm. and just begin a conversation and start thinking through these issues. For and sure. it's just a work in progress. Always. Yes. (laughs) Always a work in progress. So with that being said, maybe we can ask each other a few questions and share some of our favorite advice that we give to our clients. Um, So one question I'll throw out there for you and also for both of us to discuss is maybe how do you know when you're healthy enough to date and or what is the purpose of dating? Hmm. Great question. (laughs) how do you know when you're healthy enough to date? Well, I'm going to echo back what you've said to me recently Mm -hmm. was the 80, 20 rule, 80% Mm -hmm. healthy, 20%, you know, still work in progress. Yes. And I think what you're trying to get at that is that we're not finished, but as long as we're on the journey and we are showing signs in our life and in a relationship with ourselves that we are embracing healthy behaviors, healthy, um, mindset and hopefully therefore 
healthy emotionally, and we can kind of talk about what that could mean, um, then you're probably in a pretty good place to be putting yourself out there and getting to know people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like that 20%, I kind of think really shows that we're never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And so just understanding that in, in yourself and being aware of what your imperfections are, your, you know, the places that you're still working through in your life. But trying to live from that space. If you're not in that 80% healthy space and you're, let's say flip-flop 20% um, healthy and 80% unhealthy, mm-hmm. you should probably be taking time to really just focus on yourself. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. We do go through seasons in our life where maybe you've had tragedy or loss or um, a budding mental illness. I know many people with the pandemic have struggled with a lot of anxiety and has really brought a lot of things to the surface. It may not be a great time for you to be putting yourself out there trying to find, you know, the love of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so just doing a, you know, a self check, like mm-hmm. how am I doing? Let's kind of examine the different places in my life and see how, how I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. we would, do you want to add anything to that 80, 20 piece that I know you, that was your, I kind of, Well, no, I'm glad you brought it up. I love the 80, 20 rule for so many different Mm -hmm. reasons. And I just, I like it for that very reason you mentioned it is we're never going to be perfect. We're never going to say, Oh, I'm completely ready to date. I'm completely ready to get married. I'm completely ready to have kids. You know, if we're waiting for some sort of ending, you know, finished product is never going to happen. But if we're really a mess or we're really broken or we feel really incomplete in and of ourselves or unhealthy or imbalanced, Mm -hmm. I think that we don't realize how our judgment can be extremely impaired. That's a good point. And then, you know, I've used the example of when you're starving, you're not picky or when you're desperate. You know, if you feel very lost, you're more likely to just say, I'll take whatever I can get instead mm-hmm. of being picky mm-hmm. and being careful. So trying to make sure that we're somewhat grounded or balanced mm-hmm. to the 80% degree right? Um, or roughly in that range or ballpark um, is so important. Right. And I think, you know, like you were just saying about when we're not in a good place, we're willing to basically take the scraps of, mm-hmm. you know, life or mm-hmm. other people. And I, I think one way to sort of self-check that is kind of go through those categories in your life. You know, how's my, my friendships, my social life, my work life, my exercise, my therapy life. Like, and what are those things? What is that looking like? Mm-hmm. Am I happy with those areas? Am I mostly happy with myself mm-hmm. first and foremost? Um, so that way you're, when you're, if you're dating for the, for the purpose of finding a partner mm-hmm. or marriage that you are doing that from a whole place. And mm-hmm. I think that's where that 80, 20 rule really mm-hmm. applies. Um, it does. And that just brought to mind what I'm sure I've talked to you about in some of our conversations mm-hmm. is my user's guide to yourself and who you oh, are. Uh huh. And just really coming to peace and really a place of valuing who you are, Mm -hmm. whether it's like our body positivity podcast points of, you know, okay, I am not going to ever be a a person with a different hair color or a different body type, or, I mean, we can of course be healthier and gain or lose weight, but you know, we have our package deal of who we are and our physical self and then our package deal and our personality. Right. 
And I think really starting to value that. And a lot of us lie to ourselves and just Mm -hmm. say, oh, I don't like the strengths and weaknesses that I have, or I don't like the package deal, whether it be physically or emotionally or Mm. personality, but noticing and valuing that and saying, I really like who I am. Absolutely. And if someone is disappointed with something about who they are, I think they need to just come to terms and say, they're probably not seeing themselves as in the same way that others are. Absolutely. And underestimating themselves. Yep. Yeah. You see this a lot. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> if you have any examples, yeah. I'd love to hear. Well, I think, you know, I, I see this a lot with well, men and women. I was to say women, but I can think of actually, um, a, a young man that I know that really struggles to see himself. Well, his, his strengths, he's constantly seeing the places that maybe he feels like he falls short. And, uh, we've really been working on, find, you know, recognizing his strengths and seeing the whole picture of Mm. himself. And as we've been working through that and working through the places in his story that have been painful, that keep him from embracing um, his strengths. And as we've been doing that, there's that 80, 20 rule. He's getting more to a place where he can add somebody to his life because he's, he loves himself. You know, he's not just, um, uh, beating himself down all the time. He can't accept that love. I think when we're not loving ourselves, we can't really accept love into yes. our life because we can't, we have to give that to ourselves first. Yeah. If we so. don't get it or we don't see it yep. and we don't see the value, then we find it difficult, you know, to really accept or believe or receive someone else's love and admiration. Yep. If we don't have love and appreciation for ourselves, mm-hmm. we often will find, you know, false forms of love. Mm-hmm. Um, what seems like love, but maybe it really is. Maybe it's more of a high mm. and exciting moment or having our ego or kind of boosted or the attention, but it's not really of substance. But, so okay. what would be some examples of ways that people look to resolve that ache inside themselves in false ways that really don't fill or produce the result they're hoping for? (laughs) Well, the number one thing that comes to mind is through, you know, wanting attention or sexual attention, um, sex, Mm -hmm. for sure. We see this a lot. Um, Men and women, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people use sex to fill a void. Um, And again, it's, I'm not trying to sound like a prude here and say, Mm -hmm. oh, we can't just have sex about, Mm -hmm. you know, unless you're in love or whatever, but Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that is definitely one way we see a lot of folks um, numbing out or avoiding and then mm-hmm. we'll confuse that with love because they have mm-hmm. a sexual connection with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, for yeah. sure. See that quite a bit. Yeah. And yeah. possibly doing something they're not comfortable doing or not Absolutely. ready for just to earn some kind of approval, like I'm not mm-hmm. enough or or connection, even feeling lonely or feeling on the outside mm-hmm. and wanting to be part of a group or connected to certain people mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the sense that I'm not enough in and of myself because I don't value myself mm-hmm. and I have to do something, whether it be financial or giving too much or, you know, something sexual, or even I tell a lot of my teenage clients, 
I say, you really need to notice what the people you're talking to are asking you. Are they asking Mm -hmm. you about yourself and what you're doing and how your day was and about your mind? Or are they just like very superficial and trying to pressure you or ask you for inappropriate pictures? Right. And if you don't feel comfortable with something, you need to say, I'm, I'm not going to do anything I'm not comfortable with to make myself more appealing. Like I like who I am and I have faith and belief that I'm worth it without any, you know, special favors or anything. I mean, I've seen so many people that give too much in various Mm -hmm. ways. Right. I don't feel enough. Sure. And I would add to that, especially for younger, um, folks, you know, especially in their adolescent years, how hard this can be to tease apart and hold this tension because they're wanting to explore. They've got a lot of hormones running Mm -hmm. through their bodies Mm -hmm. and they're interested in sex and dating and Mm -hmm. relationships. And there's nothing wrong with that, but just being aware of any behavior or relationship you engage in, how it's impacting you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always ask my clients, think about how this is impacting you. Do you walk away from that interaction whether hanging out with somebody or being sexual with somebody and how do you feel about yourself? And so being aware of what they're willing to do, Mm -hmm. um, and then being aware of the impact that might have on them. Mm -hmm. So, and, and helping educate, I mean, I try to educate my clients on, um, that it's okay to explore. I mean, they're in a stage of life where they probably want to get explore and get to know themselves and other people, but just being aware of, um, what they're going for and how they're feeding their souls outside Mm. of relationship or sexuality. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that point because if someone feels pretty content and pretty full and complete in their own life Mm -hmm. and they value who they are and I've always loved that old saying, don't put your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm, right. And I've seen some people stick with really unhealthy relationships because in their mind, it's better than nothing. Right. Kind of going back to that starvation concept. Right. Right. And so they'll just settle for crumbs from someone just because they think that I, I can't feel complete if I'm on my own. Right. And so, you know, when I think of having, what, do, what eggs do you need in your basket? Right. One of them is really good friends mm-hmm. and Absolutely. friends that hopefully you would never have to lose because someone you're dating is threatened by them. Mm-hmm. And I do think, you know, if, if you're going with a stereotypical straight relationship, you know, for instance, I work with a lot of, you know, young women and if they become really close friends with a guy mm-hmm. and, and, you know, ass- again, assuming they're straight, that if they're close and best friends with a guy and then he ends up dating someone, they're probably going to be potentially threatened by that person. Right. And then when he starts dating someone, he can't be her friend anymore. So then they've lost their best friend. Right. So, and, and that doesn't always happen, but oftentimes it does. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think depending on the age range, I, I like to, you know, talk with my adolescent clients about these concepts as well. And really focusing too, like on consent and understanding Mm -hmm. the dynamics around sexuality as they're getting to know themselves in that way and other people in that way. And Mm -hmm. also balancing what you're saying, keeping, you know, thinking about their friendships and the impact of those relationships on their friendships or their academia or the things that they're interested in. Are they losing themselves? Mm -hmm. Um, the things that they're interested in and, 
friends mm-hmm. or um, how's their school going because mm-hmm. of that relationship. I find that some folks are willing to acknowledge that and some are maybe struggle to acknowledge that. So this mm-hmm. needs to be a constant conversation to normalize that this yeah. does happen. And it's not necessarily mm-hmm. because they've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. It's that, that this happens. Yeah. And you know, that speaks to the point as well of when a relationship doesn't work out, it doesn't have to be viewed as I'm not good enough. Right. Even though it is usually viewed that way. Right. But I encourage people to say, this is not a good fit. Right. Like, you know, I view dating a bit like job interviews or tryouts. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to continue interviewing with this person until it becomes clear that, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to spend 50 years with this person. Mm -hmm. And actually this is kind of Mm -hmm. a funny, silly, random thing that I've liked to say, because it drives a point home. If someone came to any of us and said, okay, you have six months to find a person that you would like to be roommates with for the next five to 10 years. I think a lot of people would take that more seriously than they would their dating relationships. Yep. So that brings up the question of why are we dating? What do we think is the purpose of dating? I think it's a great point that you're making. I think we talked about this a minute ago about, well, before we start recording about Mm -hmm. kind of being clear about what your intention is Mm -hmm. um, and being aware of, you know, am I dating for the purpose of to find a partner or marriage or am I dating just to get to know who I am Mm -hmm. in a relationship, Mm -hmm. what I like, Mm -hmm. um, who's a good fit. And so I think all of those reasons are valid reasons to be dating, but Mm -hmm. just being kind of clear with yourself and that person you're getting to know as to what your intention is. Definitely. But having intention, I think that's huge. I Mm -hmm. think so many people don't think about this or have intention. They just sort of do the, let's just go with the flow and see what happens. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if I think, I think that's a, (laughs) there's a tension there too. I think that that's not necessarily, um, bad concept, Mm -hmm. but that without intention is Mm -hmm. sort of pointless. Right. And you're wasting time. I think we talked about being careful not to waste time or at least know that you are wasting time if that is your intention. Wow. This is getting like mental gymnastics, but (laughs) yeah, but it's true. I mean, if you have good friends and quality people in your life Mm -hmm. that are platonic and there's no romance, why wouldn't you want to spend really great time with your friends and your family that have value and are going to be in your life for a long time? Mm -hmm. Why would you just waste time very unthoughtfully or unintentionally just to date for fun? And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just not sure it's always wise. Um, And that probably speaks to why people I believe would think more seriously about choosing a roommate. Right than for five years than they would about dating. And in the back of their mind, most of them are probably thinking, well, I'm trying to find the love of my life, right? which could mean if, you know, the average person lives to let's say 80, you know, someone I could live with till I'm 80, you know, so whatever your age is, how many years is that? Right. And so why are you doing that? And what's the point? And But if you don't feel great about yourself or you don't like your life, then you're just going to take whatever comes along without any real thought or. I think no matter where you're at in your dating process, whether you're a teenager, you know, just getting to know yourself or you're someone post-divorce trying to, you know, find another relationship. This is 
all of this is actually really good to think about. Where mm-hmm. are you at in your life? What do you, what are you doing for you? What do you like about your life? What do you like about yourself? Mm-hmm. And being aware of those things as you're in relationships. I think that principle applies to anybody at any yeah. point in this whole process. Yeah. So maybe some practical tools would mm-hmm. be to sort of operationalize this <laughs> sure. topic. Sure. What would this look like? What questions would you be able to answer or would would should we pose to people? Like, for instance, true or false, um, I believe that I have so much to offer someone mm-hmm. and I really like who I am. Mm-hmm. Those should be two separate ones. Um, someone would yeah. be lucky to have me, true or false. And I believe there's someone out there that would really love who I am and I have so much to offer type of thing. And if you're feeling a false on those, I would not date Mm. Mm -hmm. because then you're willing to sort of, I I hate to use the phrase, sell, sell your soul. I think you're better verbally than I am on the intelligence, which I can't wait to do a podcast episode on different types of intelligence, but I think you're really good with (laughs) words. I know I just, I'm so passionate about that topic, but you know, Mm -hmm. to, to really sacrifice part of who you are Mm -hmm. and really cheapen yourself to win love when you really shouldn't be, but it's because you're believing a lie about yourself and you're undervaluing your package deal your user's guide is not complete or accurate. Well, we, you know, about core beliefs. Um, Mm -hmm. I talk with my clients a lot about core beliefs and what you believe about yourself is what you generally manifest because you subconsciously live into that. So if you aren't believing that you're worth being pursued or that you're worth, um, having, you know, spending time with, then you're going to draw in people that are going to reinforce that. Oh, so I absolutely agree with you that if you're, if you're living more out of negative beliefs about yourself, then you're probably better off dating your therapist. I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) You're probably better off. That was terrible therapist joke. Um, Don't do that. It's not a good idea. Um, But you're better off at least when I say I'm being funny about dating your therapist. What I mean by that is spending more time with your therapist working through and, and with yourself and your good friends helping you undo those negative core beliefs Mm -hmm. and working on replacing them with the positive. And, you know, I think try it out. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I would encourage people to like take this for a test run when they Mm -hmm. live a day out of all positive core beliefs, try to practice those beliefs and see what could be different in your day Mm -hmm. versus when you're believing negative things about yourself or other people. Mm -hmm. Well, and this is where journaling can really come into something like this. And I did an episode a few weeks ago on journaling and all the benefits of it. And it's funny because we just got back from a weekend with Nashville in Nashville with some dear family Mm -hmm. friends. And this woman is like an aunt to our kids. And she always asked them and our kids are, you know, like 15 down to 12. And she's like, have you written a list of what you're looking for in a dating partner? Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I think that would be really good for people to be more intentional and deliberate and know that you might just get 80% of what you want. That's another way I use the 80% rule, but also to really ask some of these questions to test out yourself to see if you're ready to date. Mm Kind of like I said, you know, am I pretty happy in my life? Mm -hmm. 
Or am I so unhappy that I would just date anyone just to escape the loneliness yes. or to feel complete? Do I feel so incomplete? Um, and, you know, I think we've talked about this before, sort mm -hmm. of the, you know, that old Jerry Maguire movie. It was so romantic. All women love to hear that. Oh, you complete me. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so mm -hmm. sweet and romantic, but it's dangerous mm -hmm. because if people don't feel complete, then there's mm -hmm. something missing inside themselves. And I like to say that really relationships to me can only be about as happy as the individuals are in that relationship. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like it's dangerous. And I, you know, kind of say, oh, two halves don't make a whole two halves make a fourth really. Right. And, right. or, or maybe a half at best. Yeah. Um, if you're yeah. looking for someone else to satisfy this inner ache that yeah. I think we all have yeah. until yeah. we find the fullness in ourselves or in our beliefs or in our faith, like yep. we have to, you know, maybe also go through some healing from our past. Yep. You know, if we have issues with a father or a mother that yep. we haven't resolved, sometimes yep. we will end up dating someone like that father or mother that we have mm -hmm. unfinished business with mm -hmm. or trauma with. Absolutely. And I would, I would add to that, that because I see a lot of couples as well in my practice and that it is so common and it's so normal actually to find someone, you know, based on some of those wounds. I think that's uh -huh. a lot of ways how attraction is uh -huh. um, formed as we sort of find people that kind of mirror the good and the bad of our parents. Uh -huh. And so when those couples are with me and they're starting to have trouble because they're realizing that, oh, you know, Susie, who I married, isn't actually fixing this pain that mm. I have inside of me mm. or, you know, he's not doing all the things that I want him to do, which means he must not love me that we start having these conversations of, Oh, there's still some healing work to be done. And we're trying to project those wounds mm -hmm. onto our partner. Mm -hmm. So I want to say that as some encouragement here of like the whole 80, 20 rule, we're still going to have some of those wounds, even yes. as we go into relationship, our work is never done. And our partner will hopefully mm -hmm. become someone that will help us heal, they're going to be mm -hmm. a part of the healing, but they can't heal us. But it's quite normal to find yourself there and having that, I call it the oh shit moment of <laughs> that, you know, people often think that, oh, they made a yeah. mistake because that it's not working anymore because the, the, you know, the endorphins and the highs kind of the honeymoon stage has worn off. Right. <laughs> oh, <sorry>. Yes. <laughs> Okay, we have to laugh because right. my 13 year old's in the kitchen. What are you making? I think she's trying to be quiet. It's a little hard to tell. Watermelon. <laughs> oh, I was hoping that maybe she'd bring us something. Yeah, bring us uh, some no. watermelon. No, but I would say that the the point is is that there is redemption even if people find themselves committed and yes. having maybe dated out of a less healthy place. You can yeah. heal, but we try to advise being a little further along in that before committing. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. And, you know, we need to have so much compassion for people that, you know, we all make mistakes like mm -hmm. constantly. Absolutely. And if life we, is a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Life is more mistakes probably than yeah. non mistakes, yeah. but having that compassionate concern for people, it's not judgment. It's not, right. Oh, you're, you're bad. You're doing something wrong. It's, is this best for you? Is this healthy for you? I'm concerned that is this healthiest or, or the best thing you can do and really just advocating for them to advocate for themselves. Right. Right. 
So, but I love that just, you know, people that don't realize there's a wound that is informing a lot of their choices unconsciously. Yep. And they can set themselves up for a lifetime of recreating the past, which seems crazy and ridiculous and really hard to understand for people. Like, why would I recreate a negative past Mm. without realizing it? But, you know, the research on that shows that, you know, first and foremost, we tend to recreate the past because it's familiar. Right. And I like to think of us sometimes as like we're all little puzzle pieces And, you know, if there was an Audi puzzle piece that's really affecting us in our life and we become a little any puzzle piece that we don't know that we go through life sort of looking for more of that same type Mm -hmm. of puzzle piece to connect with, even if it felt like an unhealthy situation. Mm -hmm. But the literature I read on that said that the three reasons we recreate our past are to fix it, Mm -hmm. to grieve it or to discharge anger about it. Wow. Do you find that? Yeah. To make sense. In Absolutely. Your, yeah. Not just in my practice personally. I think we do yeah. that too. Is there, oh, yeah. Those are people, right? And we're working through stuff. And I think, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, which is why I, you know, I really love to talk to my clients ab- about this topic with relationship and dating, because some of that high that we get with a new relationship when we're super attracted and this person just seems like, oh my gosh, the one after you've had like two interactions with them Mm -hmm. is a pretty big red flag that they're Mm -hmm. feeding more into that grief or that, um, that place of pain that we're trying to fix. Mm. Um, it's more of that than it probably is that that person is a good fit for you, especially Mm -hmm. if you've only met them like twice, not to say that that doesn't happen because that does happen. I've been proven Mm -hmm. wrong with that by Mm -hmm. folks, but I think that be aware that mm-hmm. usually when it feels too like really, really good, it might be a, more of a red flag mm-hmm. than it is um, confirmation. <laughs> yeah, that's really true. You know, it's just there's such a fine line because I feel like for every rule, sometimes there's an exception. And mm-hmm. what I was about to say is that I think that our culture has become too casual about dating. And in general, I really do feel that way. Mm -hmm. And that's what the media and that's what TV shows and everything says. And I I think there's so much value to taking things slow. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, it's understandable that things can take off really fast and be really exciting. And we don't want to be, you know, prudes, like you said. But so in general, I think that more sort of I don't know, getting to know people in a more sort of slow kind of casual way, even mm-hmm. if it's group settings, yep. there's so much value. Um, and mm. also just creating your own, I don't know, set of rules that don't necessarily fit what you're seeing on TV. So often. right. I love that. Yeah. Like you can make the rules. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. it's funny, the, the, there's a book called the rules and the subtitle is time tested secrets for capturing the heart of Mr. Right. Hmm. I guess it was created for girls, females, but it, that book, when I heard about it, maybe 20 years ago, 15 years ago, I thought, oh, this must be a bunch of prudes, you know, and it was these like really classy women in New York. And they were saying, there are certain rules that you need to go by and boundaries of like, take things slow and don't rush. Mm -hmm. And there was some really good wisdom in there that I think we need to 
integrate into today's culture? Yeah, I somebody I had talked to a while ago said something to me one time that made a lot of sense along these lines about kind of rules for engagement, if you will. But one of the things she said to do was limit yourself to two drinks on a date. And mm. I think that that is just some really great practical advice. That is. Two drinks max. Because we know like after two drinks, you know, inhibitions get lowered and all of a sudden you're wearing beer goggles and he mm -hmm. looks way better than what he actually looked mm -hmm. when he first met. And then you maybe are finding yourself in a situation that maybe if you had been sober, you wouldn't have um, found mm -hmm. yourself in. And then you're really just doing you know, damage to your self-esteem and yeah. your likelihood of this being a respectful, good relationship. Not to say again, that's not any kind of like slut shaming or any kind of saying that you have to do it that way, but right. Generally, you know, trying to have standards and boundaries are pretty good. Yeah. You know, practice rules to live by, I guess. No, that's true. I, I would imagine if you polled a bunch of people who had been drinking a lot more and asked what decisions they made in that state and were those good decisions or were they happy with those decisions or did good come out of that? I, I think that most of the time it's not right going to be the case. Right. So really ultimately it is about what is healthy and good for you and, and what's wise. I right. mean, um, so what else, um, hmm. We, I know Maybe. we were talking about guarding your heart a little bit and you used a phrase I liked before we started recording about when someone's not in alignment with you, but mm. I, you were responding to something I said, I can't remember what I said. Well, I think we, we were sort of talking about the dating with intention and what that really means. And instead of just going, you know, necessarily out with just anybody or, um, mm. dating, you know, playing the field, which we also were saying that that's not necessarily a wrong or a bad thing to mm -hmm. do. As long as you know that like, okay, I'm dating right now because I'm trying to get to know myself and lots of different people. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely fine. Yeah. Just know that because that may not be, um, setting you up necessarily for the relationship of commitment and, you know, your partner for life. Mm -hmm. However, if you're living from a place of, really aligned with your own core values and you're trying to live that every day, chances are that you're going to find somebody who's lined up with those, yes. those values as well. And that will help you. It's going to help you weed out who should be in your life and who shouldn't be in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, circling back saying it's okay to date around and enjoy that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong. I think that's probably a very healthy thing for a certain season mm -hmm. period of time. But I think when you're trying to date, for the sake of partnership or real long-term mm -hmm. relationship, making sure that you're in the alignment and in a good relationship with yourself. That way you're attracting somebody mm -hmm. who is lined up with where yeah. you're at for the and, long. So that will help you live out more of a long-term relationship, I guess right. what I'm trying to get at here. Yeah. Some of those impulsive decisions that are made to just have fun or party or, or something that you think might make you feel good about yourself actually can make you feel worse mm -hmm. because I think the feeling better about yourself needs to come from within. Mm -hmm. And when that feels pretty complete, then there's a grounding that isn't shaken by someone who you go out with and they never call you right. Or someone that you hook up with and they never speak to you again. Like right. that can really shake your, yeah. your feelings about yourself. Right. But if you're more picky and you say, you know, I need to think through what I'm doing and what my choices are and what good is this going to bring? 
um, it, what came to mind was the idea when they talk about shopping with a grocery list mm. versus just going to the grocery store with no plan. That's a great analogy. Isn't that interesting to think about? When you're about? hungry, we tend to buy yes. all the things that aren't good for us. Yes. Yes. Starving. Yeah. And yeah. I've always said, you know, even a germaphobe, which I kind of used to be, I'm not anymore, but I would never like barely drink after anyone or do like my husband used to use my toothbrush and I'd be like, that is the most disgusting thing ever. <laughs> and I was definitely a bit of a ger germaphobe and I came by that very honestly. But, um, what I would say is if I was starving, I would just go eat out of the trash can. Mm -hmm. You know, if I was at a pizza restaurant, I would eat off of someone's table after they left, or I would eat out, out of the trash can because I'm starved. But, um, with a grocery store, if you don't have a plan, then you're just going to indiscriminately buy because you're hungry instead right. of say, I have a plan and this doesn't fit my, I don't know, my mindset or my framework. For, I'm trying to cook for dinner. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and what I need in someone that's going to add to my life right. and be healthy. Right. So, um, yeah. Generally, you know, if you're a fine red wine, you want to get steak or some kind of good red meat, not necessarily the fish. Nothing wrong with some red wine and fish, but generally <laughs> you want that, you know. Things pair better. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So thinking that through, and that's not to say that, you know, relationships have to be a certain way. I mean, I think our culture is doing a great job of showing us that like relationships come with like lots of different things, but it's more about you knowing what you generally like to be, to be paired with and yeah. maybe who you go best with or who goes best with you. And I think that's where the season of dating around can be very, um, can be very fruitful because you do get to know yourself mm -hmm. and other people and what feels right. But you can mm -hmm. also, I think at the end of the day too, you can really trust your gut. And mm -hmm. sometimes we, um, forget that piece too. You don't mm -hmm. necessarily have to try everything. You can just trust yourself mm -hmm. and yourself will guide you if you listen. Yeah, that's true. Well, so you've heard my favorite metaphor with dating. And I think it does relate to the eggs in the basket. Like don't put all your eggs in mm -hmm. one basket, but so I feel like we all should be our own wonderful individual cake, like a pound cake that is complete and sufficient and wonderful in and of itself. And it doesn't need anything else. So if we approach dating, like I'm a, a pound cake and I'm this amazing cake and I don't need anything else to have a really great identity and life on my own mm -hmm. and worth on my own and value. But if I found a glaze that made it even better, then that would be pretty great. Like yeah. literally icing on the cake, but there's right. no need. It's not a necessity. And so just kind of that idea mm -hmm. and that faith, once you have your user's guide and you love who you are and you have some completeness in your life with different things in your, in your basket, such as friends mm -hmm. that you don't neglect when you mm -hmm. start dating someone. And that's something you and I touched mm -hmm. on a little bit a sense of purpose, you know, maybe, um, whether it's a calling a job or you're in school or just kind of a sense of community in your life and hobbies mm -hmm. and calling and enjoyment and all that and help. Then you say, I have a really great life and I like my life and I have people in my life that are really good for me. I'm not going to necessarily look or need 
to add anything unless it's someone pretty great. Mm -hmm. And then that is a bonus. It is even better, but it wasn't necessary. And so that's the metaphor I use with a lot of my clients. It's like, you've got a full cake and it's wonderful on its own. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And just working on believing that so that you can actually live that. Mm -hmm. And then when you find that perfect glaze or that glaze that really accentuates your cake, Mm -hmm. you'll know. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, it's not a matter of, I need someone. Mm -hmm. It's, I want that person um, that person adds something, but they're not a necessity for me. Yep. Yep. And then you're going to have better judgment and less impairment in the way that you view life and view yourself. Absolutely. And it sets you up for um, more success and, and and I think less heartache and a lot. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. yes and no. I mean, I think when I say heartache, obviously tragedy happens, but at the same time, there's things that you can't control. However, you're not trying to heal and fill and become the cake with somebody else. You, mm-hmm. you know, you're already there in and of yourself. Yeah. So much better discernment, I think, and self-control mm-hmm. when you really feel really good in and of yourself and you're not, there's no desperate rush or urge or anything to prove even right. like I like who I am. And if someone doesn't like who I am, and this applies to friendship, I talk to clients about this all the time. Mm-hmm. You have to put your real self out there mm-hmm. and just know that you have wonderful awesomeness to share with other people. And there are people out there looking for someone just like you, mm-hmm. but not everyone is going to love what you talk about or love what you do because they're not they're not a good fit. And that's not that you're not good enough. It's kind of like the, I like to talk about those speed dating things I see on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's okay. Like you're supposed to be saying, let me just put myself out there for a few minutes. And you say, Oh, I love music or I love poetry or no, I don't, I like hunting and I like sports and it's not about good enough. It's just about connection and the right fit. Right. So approaching friendship and dating partners like that is just to say, I really like who I am. I know there are people out there who would love this Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to try to change who I am. I'm just going to try to be as accurate and real as I can and have a confidence in myself and self-respect and also faith that there are people that are going to love exactly who I am. Right. Right. You don't have to work so hard to be perfect or fix yourself so that you're loved and accepted. If you're doing that, those are probably signs that you should be, you know, working on a relationship with yourself first. Yes. Um, And I just want to add to that, that that is normal. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of us have gone through seasons where Mm -hmm. we haven't always loved ourselves Mm -hmm. or we've had pain and we needed to work on healing. It's okay. Mm -hmm. But just, you know, it's okay to take a step back and work on that and not feel like you until you feel like you can really approach it the way that you're saying, or mm-hmm. I am enough and I am worthy of wonderful love. And that, um, you know, I am not for everybody. I think that's a really a sign of strength mm-hmm. and, um, healthy yeah. self-esteem. Yeah. And I would estimate, I'd love to hear your estimate as well, but I would guess that 90 to 95% of the population has pretty major insecurities Mm -hmm. in their sense of worthiness. 
mm-hmm. at least in some aspects of who they are. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a pretty accurate statistic. And I think we kind of touched on this in the body positive podcast, but I think our culture and social media really um, can add to that. And mm-hmm. we live in a culture that's so social media heavy, which again, that can be a positive and a negative. Mm-hmm. And so I think being careful of that, it can add to that sense of insecurity Mm -hmm. if you're not careful. And, um, yeah, it's very common. I mean, most people have insecurities and that's, again, it's not necessarily saying that people are, that that's a bad thing. It's Mm -hmm. just being aware of how that's Mm -hmm. impacting your life. Yeah. Well, and I would even go so far as to say that it's in my mind, it's dangerous to date when you feel really incomplete or you don't feel 80% healthy or recovered from something. And I think that we owe it to ourselves to learn to appreciate and respect ourselves and feel more complete and whole and balanced before we date. Or we're just so much more likely to make bad choices, like in the grocery store when you're starving and you have no list. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I can even attest to that personally. I had gone through a hard time in my life where I knew that the relationship I was in was really filling a void or soothing a wound. And it's powerful when that's Mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. Um, so really I approached this with very non-judgmentally. Yes. Um, but it did set me up for more heartache in the end because it was just, I wasn't really working through the other things that were, um, that relationship was band-aiding if you will. Exactly. And, you know, this ties into the addiction episode that I am so itching to do as well, Mm. but just that compassion for sometimes we make choices just to numb our pain Mm -hmm. and we know that they're going to cause more heartache, Mm -hmm. like you said, but we just are so desperate for a short-term salve or a short-term comfort or numbing or distraction. And so I think that we need to be so compassionate with ourselves and others about we feel desperate so often, like most of us feel Mm -hmm. desperate probably a couple times a week in some way. Yeah. And we'll do, we, we don't make the best choices because we just want to feel better quickly. But oftentimes those really short term, quick fixes really just cause more problems. Oh, isn't that the truth? Yeah. And that's why we need kind of circling back to some of the things we were naming about friends and relationships. And that's why we do need to make sure that we're keeping good friends close. And Mm. if a relationship is causing you to push away the people that love you the most and Mm -hmm. that you trust the most, like that's a pretty big red flag. Mm -hmm. Um, Or even if you're just feeling angry towards those people, that might just be a red flag that the relationship is negatively impacting you, but we all need our support system. So Mm -hmm. who's in your support system? Are they healthy for you? Are they encouraging you to be Mm -hmm. the healthiest version of yourself? Mm -hmm. Because like you said, we all are having, we all have those moments Mm -hmm. in our week, even that we need support. Yeah. It's so easy to do to just kind of let things fall Mm -hmm. to the wayside when you get so excited about a new relationship. Absolutely. You maybe quit exercising, you quit seeing your closest friends, you quit studying, you quit, you know, whatever the healthy, you know, important tasks in life are and the important relationships. And I really think, again, even though it's very understandable, we do ourselves a disservice 
and our new relationships even a disservice by kind of becoming so engrossed or so infatuated that it can burn out really fast yeah, and be really intense. And it's not even honest. Mm-hmm. You're not really being your honest. Your true self. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And then we wonder why it doesn't work because, you know, in a, a few months down the road when you're not able to maintain that mm-hmm. facade, if you will, or that energy, mm-hmm. then they kind of go, hmm, you seem different. Well, it's because you weren't really being yourself. Yeah. In the beginning, maybe we need to write a book. I mean, maybe there is, maybe there is a book out there. Maybe there isn't that says, you know, here are 10 things that could help you be healthier in your dating. Like let it grow a little more slowly. Yeah. Um, always leave them wanting something more. Mm-hmm. I had a guy and I know we need to cut this off cause we're trying to keep it shorter. But mm-hmm. when I was single and in my twenties, one of my friends, ex boyfriends just offered me all this unsolicited advice and it was really good. Mm. It was, and it fits some of the stuff from that book I mentioned called the rules. And he said to, to leave someone wanting more to sometimes you strategically be the first one to hang the phone up. Mm. And that was always hard for me because when I'm having fun, it's really hard for me to want it to end. Right. But you know, he was kind of saying that if you kind of give someone an overdose of yourself, it, they start to kind of take it for granted and it loses its luster. So some of that thrill of the chase and letting things grow more slowly, I think that it has more time to develop roots. Right. And, um, anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent that I could probably go off on for a really long time. So I got to reel myself back in, but, um, Anything else um, that you can think of that you're itching to say before we do wrap it up? Hmm. Gosh, we come at this from so many different angles. I guess the biggest thing I want to say is that our culture really puts forward, I think, a false or an incomplete idea of relationship. Uh-huh. And so this is a big topic that we've uh-huh. kind of barely scratched the surface on. Yes. There's a lot of grace here for growth, no matter where you find yourself in this. And I I think we're pretty good at holding that tension of kind of, here's what maybe you should be aiming for, but there's no judgment. And there really isn't. There's, this is a, this is a process, a growth process. Mm -hmm. And this is, uh, we're saying a lot of principles that are easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think just being honest with yourself on the journey, find people that you can be honest with, ask Mm -hmm. questions with, Mm -hmm. give yourself a lot of grace for room to grow. And um, you know, talk to a good therapist who can help you work through these, these points of confusion or pain or, mm-hmm. um, you know, questions that you might have. Um, but I think we should definitely revisit this topic more, maybe specific, like mm-hmm. we talked about doing this yeah, more specifically with like post-divorce or, yes. um, you know, just teenagers or whatever. So yeah, certain age groups. Yep. No, this is good. Well, thank you so much for letting me pick your brain on this. I always love your thoughts. I love being here. Have a good night. (laughs) You too. We'll do it again soon. Sounds good.